cliffcentral.com. It's good to check in with George Meany. That means it's Friday. It means the weekend has begun. Good morning, Borge. How are you? Good morning, Gareth. How's it been? Hey, George. Um, I'm good. Yeah. What are you it's, up to? Uh, getting... uh, what are you What are you driving, flying, or or, or, or piloting this weekend? Um, well, uh, tomorrow there's a big bush cat gathering. What? Um, at a, a bush cat, which is a type of aeroplane, the you know oh, the one that I fly. Okay. Um, right. It's a South African built two seater, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, they are all flying to Middleburg Airfield, and uh, everybody that owns a bush cat is is flying in there. So oh, wow, uh, organise these things from time to time. Yeah. Okay. Um, that so, very uh, cool. so yeah, go fly there, bland, have a bit of breakfast. It's almost like a bigger motorcycle breakfast run type vibe. Very nice, George. Uh, yeah, very, very I nice. I just want to put a picture up on the screen of this uh, bush cat so people can see what we're talking about because we, we did we did have your, your plane on the show not so long ago. You were in the hangar and you had it actually sitting behind you while you were talking to us, but I thought maybe people who didn't see that might want to know what it looks like. This one is painted in zebra stripes, uh, black yes. and white. There it is. So that's the that's, that's the little actually, plane you're talking about. Yeah, that's exactly it. Although mine's not a tail dragger, it's got a nose wheel, so it's a slight slight difference, but same same airplane. Very nice. Um, that one's quite popular, actually. Um, that one there's one like it in South Africa as well. Um, it's it's often used for um, anti poaching because. Okay. Uh, because they 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 they're very nimble and um, you know almost like a zippy little car in the sky. It's very cool. Very cool. You and see, George, George, do you all have special like bush cat leather jackets that you then sort of <laughs> no. compare? No, I'll wear a trader one. <laughs> I'm, I'm just yeah, because it sounds like those Harley clubs that you see these guys going on yeah. on a breakfast run. Except you guys are like yeah, exactly you're one tier up up from them because you're actually flying to your your various places. That's cool. And yeah. then you, could have, you could have like your special bush bush cat like code name on the back of your leather jacket. Correct. So directly, you should yeah. you should just sell you should sell bush cat merch. Get like a side gig going there. Yeah, I just sell bushcat merge, but uh, you know, market motorcycle clubs do that. I used to be a cyclist, and uh, you know, cyclists were yeah, very sure. similar as well. It was all about the kit. There's, um, yeah, there's no need um, to embarrass yourself by bringing up cycling, George. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of horrible things in the world. Let's just try to keep Fridays positive, please, if you don't mind. Well, uh, that leads me into the first story, Gareth. I sent you a link to a uh, a, a short video there. So this yep. man, uh, uh, this this car dealership. Um, in um, in America, mm-hmm. was, no, sorry, in Belgium. Um, this uh, this car dealership in Belgium couldn't understand why they had um, saliva on the cars that are parked on the sidewalk every day. Mm-hmm. They find these the saliva running down the side of the car, and they couldn't figure it out. So they went and they reviewed the uh, the CCTV footage, CCTV footage, and uh, that's the video I sent you. Right. Um, and it turns out this this disgruntled cyclist every day drove, rode past the cars and spat on them. Good Lord. What's so the problem? Because when you said saliva, I thought it maybe was in Kwasazana Lamini Zuma with, you know, and when people put saliva on their paper, you remember that? That was like two years yeah, ago, maybe. but it was a huge, huge hit. So I thought maybe it was her. But what, what was the reason the cyclist is spitting on cars? They don't know, but uh, the owner of the dealership uh, ran out, uh, dealership's name is Otto James, ran out with a bucket of freezing water in winter and uh, and toppled the bucket over the cyclist. They, they timed it. They knew every day this guy's going to come past. I love it. Good. That's the way to treat cyclists. Uh, exactly. And, uh, and, and so that's what the dealership That's hilarious. Did. Look at that. There it is. And, and the cyclist amazing. is wearing like an anorak. 
And I don't know if you could even call them a cyclist. If you dress like that, you're really just a bicycler. You know, you a call them a, yeah, bicycler. All right, very good. That's uh, that's the way to deal so, with cyclists. Uh, we like that. The ones that the ones that spit on your on your cars, I suppose. But no. uh, there's a there's another a, a more interesting story, I suppose, and that is um, a man in uh, Colorado mm-hmm. um, has been collecting. I don't know if you ever collected Hot Wheels, uh, Gary. Yes. Funny thing, uh, yesterday um, I, I actually drove past a shop where they sell like hobby stuff, and they had mm-hmm. in the window, in the display window, they had a whole range of Hot Wheels. It's a big thing. It's 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 a very big thing, and uh, and this guy collect uh, has collected over thirty thousand Hot Wheels, some very very rare Hot Wheels. Phenomenal, phenomenal we display get, that he has. We got to get this guy on Collectomania. Uh, you know, on, on Mondays we do this thing called Collectomania where we oh. talk to people about their collections, and I'm sure in South Africa there's someone who's collected all the Hot Wheels. If if you know who that person is, or if you are that person, then send us an email. Contact at cliffcentral.com. We want to talk to you. Yeah. Right. Well, um, this guy's name is Kevin Feely from, uh, from Firestone, Colorado. If, isn't he? Uh, if we want to isn't up. he Britney Spears's ex? Isn't that his name? Don't Close. Know. Oh, Kevin Feely. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something Kevin. Kevin, Kevin Fedline's the guy. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Quite right. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll I'll will send you the link if you want to uh, if you want to get in touch with him. Right. Um, cool. But uh, thirty thousand Hot Wheels. This guy's uh, collected, and then uh, um, and then and then this. Guy from, um, you know, again, nobody really knows, but but everybody thinks it's Florida, uh, um, decided that in a flood situation mm-hmm. to drive his Corvette, he's got a, um, a C8 Corvette, um, and wade through the water. Now, if you if you have a look at the at the image of him wading through the water, uh, let me just get it up here. Um, if you if you look at the image of him wading through the water, mm-hmm. you will see that he. Um, uh, there it is. All right, let me put that up on the screen. Go ahead. You will see that oh he uh, wow. uh, uh, he's almost under the water, and wow. um, and this car the car kept going, but um, nobody knows who this guy is. And uh, this 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 image appeared. Um, I mean, the car can't run for too long that deep in the water. So it's just what, impossible. What is? I mean, you know, you see a lot of these um, Land Cruisers and Land Rovers that have like a, a like an elephant's trunk next to the the driver's side. And, and that's supposed to help the, the car through swampy water to keep the engine aerated, I suppose, and to keep water out of the important parts. So it would almost yes. isolate those parts of the engine that cannot get wet from the rest of it. What is the, the, the general expectation for something like that to be able to last in, in water that deep, like we've just seen in that picture? Um, well, the, the, so what happens when you enter the um, – you, you don't necessarily need the, uh, the snorkel, as they put it, the because snorkel, the air yeah. intake is the thing that, that sucks the water in right? Um, because it's sucking air in. So you don't need the snorkel provided you are wading. You're pushing the water away from the car, okay. and then it creates this little vortex and vacuum inside the engine bay. Um, but at some point, if the water gets deep enough, it will get into the engine bay, and, uh, um, and most, most air intakes are at the top of the engine – at the top of the bonnet, right. So, so you're not, you know, the water has to really rise into the um, into the bonnet of the car in order for the for the air intake to get in. And then there's a, you know, electronics and all that stuff that yeah, uh, that could be, be damaged as well. And of course, so a, lot of, a lot of these cars, a lot of these cars are not built to be submarines. So the water is going to leak in through the dashboard or whatever else it is, even if it's a really well made car, because they're not meant to be underwater. 
No, they're not exactly. Right. So, uh, so I, I would imagine. I mean, this was a random picture that nobody knows exactly where it is. I think it's Florida, um, uh, and I would imagine that that Corvette didn't wade for, for too long through that water. Mm-mm. No, I like that. That's interesting, though. That you, if you if you lose momentum or you stop, then obviously the air intake is completely screwed. But if you keep yeah. moving, usually, you know, if you're moving at the right speed and you're creating that pressure outwards, then you're usually okay. I didn't I didn't realize yeah. any of that. Cool. So, uh, so you just got to keep moving through the water, but you know, don't go there in the first place. Have you ever waded, Ben? With a with a no. No. no, I, I don't. I don't really want to either. People always go, "You got to do these things." It's like, yeah, I guess, but then it just seems like a lot of work. But I just think that that's one of the most Florida pictures ever because that no. guy was like, "Screw it, I'm going to do it." He's probably got a gator in his back seat as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Probably in the front seat. Or a leather there. jacket from Gator's <laughs> yeah. He's definitely got a leather jacket with something on the back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, um, and then lastly, Gareth, uh, um, there is a research study that's going to start in the beginning of next year. Um, a, uh, uh, a crowd called Go Metro um, is uh, going to bring in a uh, electric Toyota Quantum, mm-hmm. uh, you know the taxi. Yes, and bring sure. out a Quantum to Cape Town, and uh, they're going to set up a charge station, and they're going to see whether um, taxi can be operated with oh. an electric vehicle. What's the bet that the taxi association will attack the poor guy who's got the electric taxi and like beat him up because he doesn't have to fill up with petrol? So. I don't think this is a great idea. Unless everybody gets an electric taxi, no one should get an electric taxi. That's how the taxi associations think. Good point. Uh, but some some of the studies done so far, the taxi drivers themselves are uh, are very much for it. Really? Because I believe, um, you know, this is kind of hearsay, but I believe that the way that the way the taxi drivers get remunerated is um, they have to pay a fixed amount to the taxi owner. Yes. And uh, all other costs are off whatever they collect. Well, as long as they disguise it to look like a normal taxi, you know, make it look like it takes petrol, then you should be all right. Um, but, but the moment it looks different, it's going to get the same shit that Uber gets or that any of the other taxi services get. Uh, you know, the taxi drivers just do not tolerate competition. They don't think of it yeah. as, a, as a, you know, they don't want an equal playing field. They want special protection. And if they can't get it, then they'll just beat up those taxi drivers who don't do the same thing they do. Well, I suppose that doesn't only go for minibus taxis. Uh, it's also the other taxi part of the industry, oh, yeah. which, I mean, look at what with Uber, like you say. Well, um, you know, around the world, there sure. seems to be this, you know, taxi course, anti-disruption. The, the other problem, George, is, I hate to say it, but ESCOM. You know, if you've got an electric taxi and you're relying on ESCOM, you could be in a lot of trouble. Well, yeah. I mean, if you've got a commute to do or a route to do and there's a two-hour – I agree with you. I mean, I've said up to now that load shedding does not impact owning and driving an electric car, um, and it doesn't because I live with one every day um, because you can charge it overnight. But uh, with a taxi driver, you might have to charge it during the day, which mm-hmm. disrupts your route. Yeah. Well, let's see what happens. I mean, uh, you know, the more the more we can have options, the better. Of course, uh, you and I and, and Ben, we're not talking like taxi drivers or taxi owners. So what do we know? All right, George, thank you very much. Have an excellent weekend.